Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin here, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I'd like to try tentatively switching up the format of my podcast episodes. I'd like to introduce a three-part structure to every single podcast that I record. In part one, I'll share some personal and business life updates. In part two, I'll share some general language learning advice that will be useful to everyone, no matter what language you are learning. In part three, I'll share some advice that is specific to people learning a specific language. Maybe advice that's specific to French learners. Maybe advice that's specific to Spanish learners. Maybe advice specific to Mandarin learners, so on and so forth. Of course, in part three, I'm going to focus on languages that I actually speak so that the advice is, well, I suppose I couldn't really share advice about languages that I don't speak, right? (laughs) All right. Let's dive into part one, which is where I share some personal and and or business life updates. In my life right now, there are a couple of things that are new. First and foremost, I've been seeing a personal trainer. Um, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that about seven years ago, back in 2000, 2016, I started to make my health a priority. Seven years ago, or rather eight years ago and prior to that, I was making every single mistake you could make when it comes to health, except for drinking excessive alcohol or doing drugs. For example, I wasn't sleeping enough. I I worked a high stress job. I worked 60 to 80 hours a week. I wasn't eating any fruits or vegetables. I wasn't eating any protein. I was eating basically all carbs. I was doing, I wasn't drinking any water. There were so many different mistakes I was making. And 2016 is when I decided to, to make my health a priority. And uh, this year, or rather even just a couple of weeks ago, I decided, hey, I think it's time that I start going to the gym. And I think it's time for me to hire a personal trainer. Fun fact for you guys, one of the catalysts for me to do that was I was experiencing some minor, minor knee pain. Now, I'm only 31 years old. So that worried me because I thought to myself, wow, if I'm experiencing mild knee pain from time to time when I'm 31, what's going to happen when I'm 41, 51, 61? I don't want to be stuck in a wheelchair, for example, when I'm only 61 years old or 71 years old. I don't want to be suffering. I don't want to go get surgeries or anything like that. So one of the main reasons why I've actually been seeing a personal trainer is to make sure that I'm doing the right exercises to make sure that my body is in good shape for as long as humanly possible. Aside from that, I've also been spending a lot of time every day on writing and talking to myself. Yes, you heard that right. Writing to myself and talking to myself. I find that it's a useful way for me to organize my psyche. I have a lot of different ideas in my brain and sometimes they conflict. They get in the way of each other. I have conflicting desires. A part of me wants to be healthy. Another part of me wants to eat junk food. (laughs) not that I eat a a ton of junk food, but still that happens. Part of me wants to relax. A part of me feels like I should be working. Part of me feels like I should do this. A part of me feels like I should do that. Probably you can relate to this. And I found that by writing out all the different thoughts in my mind or talking them out to myself, looking for patterns, trying to consolidate everything and trying to basically have a dialogue with all these different competing desires in my body and having them all negotiate, negotiate together to figure out 
okay, how can I make every single desire, every single part of my brain, every part of my psyche satisfied? It's been an incredibly helpful practice, and it's something that I plan to continue doing for, well, at least the foreseeable future. And that wraps up, that wraps up part one of the podcast. In part two, I'd like to share some general language learning advice. Now, the general language learning advice that I would like to share today is something very simple. In fact, in a way, it's very meta. The reason I say it's meta is because I have a, a Spotify podcast. Of course, you can listen to it other places as well, but Spotify is one of the, I think, one of the primary places that people listen to the podcast. And the reason that this is so meta is because the advice I'd like to share today is to use Spotify as a language learning tool. Now, many of you probably already do this, but if you don't, here's what I would recommend you do. Go to Spotify, download the app or go to their website. It doesn't matter, whatever you prefer and search, learn French, learn Spanish, learn Japanese, learn Arabic, learn whatever language you're learning type that into Spotify, hit enter. You'll probably want to filter the search results so that you're only seeing podcasts. And what you'll find for a wide variety of languages, there are plenty of podcasts for people learning that language. Podcasts for French learners, Spanish learners, Mandarin learners, so on and so forth. And the cool thing that I found is that the podcasts often get very specific. There, For example, there are podcasts that might be about learning Quebecois French specific to that region, or something that's specifically for listening comprehension, maybe something that's only for beginners or only for very advanced learners. So sometimes you can even find podcasts that fit nicely, um, that I suppose match nicely with whatever learning needs that you have. So very simple piece of advice for that'll work for basically everyone on the podcast listening today, or at least the vast majority of you download Spotify or go to the Spotify website, search, learn French, learn Mandarin, learn whatever language that you're learning and see what podcasts there are, explore them. Maybe go look at, maybe listen to three episodes from three different podcasts and see if any of them are appealing to you or something that you find will be helpful. That wraps up, that wraps up part two of the podcast. Now, in part three, I'd like to share some rapid fire lightning round style advice for people learning French, Spanish, Mandarin, or and or Gujarati. For French, I'd like to share a simple process to learn how to pronounce the French R. For five minutes a day, or 30 days, so 30, five minutes a day for 30 days, I'd like you to practice the following words. Right. And you might need to stop and write these down, especially if you're driving or something. Maybe come back to this part of the episode where we are at. Uh, looks like, let me double check here. Looks like we're about seven minutes and 18 seconds in. So remember that timestamp seven minutes and 18 seconds. Here are the words croissant, grand. I would do that for day one to five, croissant and grand. For day six to 10, Trois, vendre, for day 11 to 15, France and vrai, day 16 to 20, roi and regarder, day 21 to 25, faire, day 26 to 30, leur. 
rinse and repeat that as needed. So all I've really done is I've broken the, the French R's up with different letter combinations. Because what you'll find is some people find words with a CR easier than a BR. Some people find a TR easier than a word that starts with an R. Some people prefer R's in the beginning of a word. Some people find it easier when it's in the middle. So I've just given you a list of words with, with a variety of different letter combinations that all incorporate an R. And if you practice your R's literally five minutes a day for 30 days, you're going to notice a pretty big difference, right? So if you literally sit there for five minutes and go croissant, 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 just for five minutes, even, even less than, honestly, even two or three minutes will make a big difference. That's what I used to do. That's how I learned to do my French R's. It's how I learned to roll my Spanish R's as, as well. It's how I learned to pronounce Mandarin. A lot of sounds in Mandarin. It's learned how I, it's how I learned, uh, God, so many different letters that I used to find were very difficult. Okay, the, t the piece of advice for Spanish, it's not really advice. It's something that maybe will clear something up for you. Um, I've been asked recently a lot about the difference between tu and te. Tu and te. So tu and te both mean you if you translate that to English. But in Spanish, tu and te have different meanings. Okay. Now, the easiest way to demonstrate what this means is if we look at the following two sentences. You passed me the ball and I passed you the ball. In sentence number one, you passed me the ball. You are the one doing the action. You had the ball in your hand and you threw the ball. You were the doer of the action. You did it. In that type of, situ in that type of scenario, you are going to use the word tu. Now, in the second sentence, I passed you the ball. You were the one receiving the ball. You caught the ball. It was thrown to you. It wasn't you that threw it. You were the receiver of the action. When you're the receiver of an action, in Spanish, we use the word te. We do not use the word tu. I received some questions about that recently, so I thought I would actually talk about it on the podcast. Moving on to Mandarin. Now, this piece of advice actually works for a lot of languages, but it particularly works for Mandarin, I would say, um, especially if you're a native English speaker or if your first language is really different from Mandarin. Okay. So don't get discouraged when you're learning this language because so that's, let's start there. Don't get discouraged. I find that those who don't learn, um, don't learn Mandarin specifically are those who quit. They think to themselves, oh, I can't do this. It's too hard. I'll never learn. And listen, I know the feeling. I felt that way when I first started learning Mandarin too. And I already spoke four other languages, right? You have to sort of let go and embrace the unknown. Yeah, I know the characters look complicated. The tones are hard to say. You can't hear the difference between them. The sentence structure sounds really awkward when you translate it to English. I know, I know, I've been there. But the, the, the advice is this, that hopefully will help you. Treat learning Mandarin like stretching your brain. Your brain is currently very stiff. Stiff, just like my hamstrings. My hamstrings are kind of tight, okay? You just need to stretch your brain out. Like, get used to the fact that Mandarin is nothing like English. And you cannot always use English as a, as a lens or a filter to look through to learn Mandarin. It's, it's difficult sometimes because it doesn't, a lot of Mandarin doesn't make sense in English. Let go of that and allow your brain to be a bit more flexible. And you'll notice that the learning process gets a bit easier. That'll happen with time, by the way, but that's the most important thing. 
don't quit because you're like, oh my God, these characters are hard. The tones are hard. No, no, no. It's okay. It's just that your brain is stiff and you're stretching it for the very first time. Okay. Moving on to Gujarati. Now, Gujarati, um, I want you to understand that there are five words for the word I, as an I am or I am walking, things like that. The words are hu, me, mane, mare, and marathi. Five different words. Now, a lot of Gujarati learners are heritage language speakers. They grew up with it with their family, at least to an extent. So you might have you might have already known this unconsciously, that there are five different words for I. But now I'm bringing it to your conscious attention. And I do find, by the way, for heritage language learners, bringing, uh, bringing grammar that you already know unconsciously to your conscious awareness is something that is very, very useful. I don't know why, but it does tend to be very helpful in my experience if you're a heritage language learner. Let's break down what these five, uh, how you use these five, uh, these five words for I. Who is the standard word for I. That just means I, just like in English. Me is I, but it's only used in the past if you do something to a noun. You eat an apple. You push a chair. You, you, like, you, you do something to a noun in the past. That's me. Mane is only used with, very, with a relatively small number of set phrases, such as I'm cold or I'm hungry. If you see money outside of a set phrase, it's going to mean to me, as in pass the ball to me, instead of meaning I. Mare is generally only used if you want to say I should or I want to. And lastly, marathi, it's not really used all that often, to be quite frank, but if you did, if you did use it, you translate it to I may or I can. Okay? Well, that wraps up today's podcast with a new format. Let me know what you thought. Feel free to let me know on uh, face on uh, Instagram. It's probably the best place to do it, but really any social media platform. Quite simply, go to azarinthelanguagenerd.com slash contact, and you'll see all the social media platforms that I use. That's A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com slash contact. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you thought of the new format. I thought it felt pretty good. We'll give it a, we'll give it a whirl, at least for the next few episodes. And... I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.